This is Music Respawn. I'm Kate Remington with, well, a whole bunch of guests. Shelly Chen, who's the creator of A Memoir Blue, and composers Joel Korlitz and Eric Hillman, who created the incredible soundtrack and some absolutely gorgeous songs sung by Imogen Williams. And so it's wonderful to have a chance to talk with all of you and about this amazing game. So maybe you guys could just like go down the line and everybody say hi. Well, thanks, Kate. It's great to be here. Um, I'm Joel Korlitz. I'm the composer of the score for A Memoir Blue. Um, thanks for having me, Kate. This is Eric. Uh, I'm one of the songwriters for A Memoir Blue. Hey, I'm, uh, I'm Imogen. I'm also one of the songwriters for A Memoir Blue, and I sang all the songs as well. It is amazing. And Shelly, it's great to talk with you, too. Yeah, thanks for having me. You know, a memoir blue is it lets us kind of inside the memories of this championship swimmer Miriam and her relationship with her mother, which they've kind of grown apart over the years. It's deteriorated a little bit over the years. It's absolutely beautiful. It's really personal and moving, and it's gotten fabulous reviews and developed by Cloisters Interactive. And Shelley, you mentioned that you were a little bit stressed about coming up with an idea for a game and there you were sitting in, in the bathtub surrounded by water. And that's when the ideas started, well, let's say flowing. Um, <laughs> but uh, how did it, how did it seem that water would be like the perfect way to tell this story? Back then when I was trying to coming up with what we're supposed to be focusing on, um, in originally we were thinking to do something that left the audience emotionally worn out and i quickly realized that it was too hard to mimic something that you never personal experience so i spent the whole day in a bathtub and try to figure out a story that will work so i started recalling all the 3d animation that i was really into because i uh, majored in 3d animation when i was in college so i uh, i thought about this two film i liked the most one is a Japanese short called House of Small Cubes. Mm -hmm. And another one is a Dutch film called Father and Daughter. And they both have this like familial love and both carry a melancholy thing with them. And they're, they're completely dialogueless. There's no one line. You just rely on animation and music. And I want to create something just like that. So I was thinking towards that direction. And at the same time, the water pressure, like it was a big tub and I was completely sinking in there. <laughs> the water pressing on my chest. And I don't know if it's because I was so stressed about the story or it was just the pressure of the water. It makes me feel like crying. And I just realized that the water pressure like almost goes against your chest. It makes you feel like crying. And that was such a good way to match with the emotion that we're trying to convey here. So with those, um, influence inspirations and with that feeling that I got in the bathtub that's when the, when um, and more blue started to come alive wow it's it's such a great look for the game it informs everything about the game even the music it's almost like traveling through a, a shipwreck as Miriam goes down and down and down exactly and you've mentioned too that journey the game journey was a big influence and I'm wondering what things specifically about journey you wanted to to kind of pull from for this game journey in overall is my career inspiration like back then i was working in like these new york city indie game studios making like shooting games and stuff as a production artist and then i played journey and i thought that it was amazing how 
a video game can be like this. It was completely mind blown for me. So a lot of elements that in, in more blue was going towards journey's direction because it was such an iconic video game in my mind. So making something similar to that, like emotionally, like rich, um, visually beautiful, stunning, stunning um, environment art, music is great. So making something similar like that was like kind of my goal. So in overall, Memoir Blue was going towards that direction. Yeah, you really set a high bar there. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely a high bar and I haven't graduated from Journey yet. Uh, It's because it's like so far, there's no other game that makes me feel like this is better than Journey. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And Joel and Eric, I'm wondering how you guys got attached to the project. Initially, Annapurna reached out to me. Um, I had written a song that I think I I had shared or, I, well, this was, this was from our work on Gorogoa. Let me back up a little bit. Um, and mm-hmm. the producer, Neil Hemrajani, reached out and said, hey, we're working on this game. Would you be interested he told me a little bit about the subject material. And I sent a song that I had worked on that was about water. And I think emotionally it kind of resonated with, with the tone of a memoir blue. Um, you know, ironically, I, I ended up focusing mostly on the score and supervising the songs because I felt like the songs needed a different voice. Um, but I think initially, I mean, j- just the subject material and the emotional tone really resonated with me. So we just went from there. the songs are absolutely beautiful. It's, it's interesting because yeah, there is no dialogue and yet the, the songs really do so much to help tell the story. And so maybe you could talk a little bit about your, I don't know, inspiration or, or your process for, for writing the songs. Absolutely. Yeah. When, um, when Joel asked me to uh, come on and, and do a few songs for this game that he was working on the score for, he sent over uh, uh, just a bit of description on the, on sort of the three songs, what we were kind of the feelings we wanted to get on the uh, where in the game we were and, and sort of the things that we wanted to cover. And initially my, I first started working on the main theme and uh, as as I do with most of the songs that I write, I, I pick up either piano or guitar. I have my wife's like childhood classical guitar that I sort of write everything on. It's it's an a hundred dollar sort of junker of a guitar, but if for some reason, like it just always conveys that sort of like uh, warm feeling that I want. And I I figured it'd be perfect because we had, you know, he had talked about wanting to write a song that felt sort of timeless, like something that would feel nostalgic and bring up memories, because that's sort of what this song does in the game. So I initially started thinking about sort of like that Laurel Canyon, that like traditional sort of like uh, like um, Joni Mitchell, that sort of like classic mm-hmm. traditional folk song would be really, really nice for this. And and that's kind of where it started, just like these very simple chords and, and um, 
just trying to convey that feeling of nostalgia, something that would peak a memory from one's childhood and something easy enough to, that you would maybe hum it to your child as a as sort of like a lullaby or sort of just like a comforting thing. And, you know, that's, that's where the, that, that was sort of like this, the kicking off point. And from there, we, we sort of, um, you know, working with Imogen began building the other songs as well to sort of like match the tone of, of the main theme once we had that down. The golden of the so moving and Imogen how involved were you with I mean obviously singing the songs and your voice is absolutely perfect for them but how involved were you with writing them too thank you um yeah I was I was pretty involved in in the main melody and lyric writing process um it was a really nice way for me to work because a lot of the time as a songwriter I'm kind of writing the whole thing as I go um but it was really lovely to kind of be receiving snippets of ideas from from Eric and then you know singing over the top of them and making it work like that it was a really lovely way for me to just focus on the lyrics and melody um so yeah that's that's kind of that's how involved I was with with the process but I mean working with Eric was just so and Joel was just so um wholesome and a lovely process because like I said it was 
that kind of continual receiving of the ideas and it watching it morph together. I mean, I guess it's worth saying, like, obviously this was done through the pandemic. Um, hmm. So it, it was all done like online and obviously I'm miles and miles away overseas, but it was just quite poignant to be doing it at that time, I think, to to be watching something grow while we're all kind of, you know, in lockdown. Um, so, yeah, I'm very thankful for this project. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I've heard from so many musicians that the thing they miss the most, that they've missed the most over the last few years, is being able to collaborate in person. And yet here you guys are all pulling this thing together with everybody remotely. And Joel, I'm wondering what kind of challenges there were with creating this kind of piece by piece from all of these, you know, various places from far away. I think we've adapted pretty well. I, I actually think it works. It worked great. And in some ways, I think there are advantages to it. I think the disadvantage of, of collaborating in a pandemic is you don't get to be all in the same room, but the advantage is that you all get to be in your same, in your studio. So, and I think as composers and I, speaking for myself, I mean, I think what, what sets this role being a composer apart from maybe being in a band or touring is I get to be in the same place every day. And it's a place where I'm comfortable. I know, I know how everything's going to sound. I kind of know how my studio sounds and I can, I can sort of just be here and, and that can kind of be a constant in my creative process. And in, in that sense, I think it actually makes it, um, when that's not a, a variable, it actually, I think sometimes makes collaboration a little bit more, I don't know, it, it, it sort of just feels easier in some ways, ironically. It's different than being in the same room. I, I think that brings a completely different dimension to it. But for, for this project, I think it worked perfectly because we were each, we each were tasked with completely different things. I, I provided the score, the, kind of the emotional backdrop, and Eric and Imogen provided um, this other piece. And so it was very, it worked well to compartmentalize those two things. Well, uh, how closely did you work, um, Shelley, with the composers to decide like the placement of the songs like at key moments? <laughs> this is all um, being played now before um, Joel coming on. Mm. So I have, well, we, we have um, really experienced sound designer, Ray Gold. He is um, his senior level multimedia sound designer and create, he creates a sound form and more blue custom sounds. And we got the tracks from Jewel and he will mix them in in the game with his sound work. So there's like, um, we, there's definitely a lot of back and forth between me and the engineer team uh, with the material that Ray has uh, the, and the tracks that Jewel has that to balance them out. So each very single, uh, each moment that if I want the music to stand out because if we need the music to be the main, uh, main focus then we will do that. And if we want the music to back up a little bit and make the sound the focus, then that's what we do. So it's a lot of like planning, a lot of back and forward. Uh, I have a very strong direction <laughs> views all the time. So I know what I want. So I would just like bossing them around, be like, I want this part to be louder. I want this part to be quieter and stuff. Wow. Well, Eric and Imogen, how much of the game could you see for those moments when a song was needed? I mean, were you able to see long stretches of the game so you would know you kind of get into the the character's headspace 
I think that uh, when we first started working on the songs, I don't know if we had seen much or anything of the game. We were just sort of going off of uh, narrative and thematic material that Joel had sent over. Um, <clears throat> I, I remember getting at a certain point in the process, we started getting some of the footage, right? And we, so especially the scenes that we were looking to do, especially because we want to just kind of match up some timings and stuff for the train scene and whatnot. And the song that we had done for the escalator scene called, is it cold was a, a song that we'd sort of bounce back and forth and there was, there was more sections to it. And we just, we couldn't get the other section to sort of work. And so, and then we got, we got the footage of her riding down this escalator and it just happened to work perfectly that we didn't need any of that other section that wasn't working at all. And all we needed was like sort of that one very simple phrase, these very simple phrases that we had come up sort of like these child luck phrases. That's things that the child would ask uh, over the phone if their parent was traveling or, or somewhere away, you know, is it cold where you are? Um, you know, these, and, and it just worked perfectly with the timing of the visual. And these were kind of happy, happy accidents mm -hmm. in a way. Once we were able to see the visual and see that song with that escalator ride, just the way that it worked was so perfectly arranged. It feels like we were there with the visuals the whole time, but really we we kind of just wrote and things worked well. And I, I I don't know how much was done on the on the developer side to like really make all of that work, but uh, <laughs> now we we sort of we did as uh, we kind of just wrote with the ideas. In the themes, we didn't really score too. I'm I'm sure Joel did a lot more of like uh, uh, really scoring the picture, but for Imogen and I, we were just going with like the ideas of what this game was about and the story that they wanted to tell. I was just going to say it was a really rewarding process actually to to work like that because obviously when when it was that happy accident when we saw the footage worked so well with the song and vice versa, it was like oh we've nailed it and it just was such a it was such a great feeling to 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 get that so yeah I, I really liked working that way well what what I was going to mention is that the songs are all very short I mean they're like very brief poems there's nothing superfluous nothing there that doesn't need to be there 
and is making them so economical. Is that more of a challenge than just, you know, verse after verse? I think probably, I think, um, yeah, especially when you're trying to convey so much emotion in, in the short amount of time, it's really easy like as a songwriter and a lyricist to feel like I need to pack all of that into, um, you know, verses and choruses and build and also like crescendos and building. And um, so I, I did find it quite a challenge to, um, you know, consolidate all of that in such a short amount of time. Um, but I also think that that being a challenge has really helped in other areas of, of music writing for me as well, because it was really cool to see that it, it can be done hmm. in such a short space of time like there doesn't really need to be much going on and I think where um where we did really excel in that is is having that short amount of time to convey such strong emotion was like yeah it's it's just really cool to have been able to to do that and know that you can do that yeah it's like I mean some of them they're like Robert Frost poems they're just like you know two or three <laughs> stanzas and then that's it and um Joel I'm wondering how the whole idea of this game being underwater influenced the soundtrack or how you kind of played that up or used it as kind of a, a jumping off point for the soundtrack, the instrumental parts of the soundtrack? There's a challenge, I think, kind of in the same way that Eric mentioned with this, this lyrical challenge of coming up with a phrase like, is it cold that lets the player draw that connection on their own rather than having it be literal. Um, I think I tried to do a very similar thing with the score, which is I wanted there to be sort of an amorphous nebulous quality to, to the score and the way the cues evolved from a standpoint of, of, of uh, melody and chords. But I, I didn't go out of my way to make it sound watery. And I think to that extent, it's similar in, in a lot of ways to scoring a film where there was already enough water in, in the visuals that I, I didn't feel like I needed to double down on that necessarily with the instrumentation and the compositions, but I tried to kind of highlight other aspects of water. So sort of the way that it ebbs and flows and the way that it has this kind of enveloping quality that, that Shelley spoke about at the beginning of our conversation, mm -hmm. um, where it can sort of, it, it can, it's like a balm. Um, so there's, there are various ways that I use those characteristics throughout the score in kind of indirect ways. How did you decide what the instrumentation would be? I mean, there's some beautiful piano in there with and harps. And so I would imagine it was more of a case of leaving stuff out than, than including things. It was. I think it just sort of, I, w I wish that I had a, you know, a, I think really my, my answer is it just felt right on a gut level. There was something about the piano sound and that particular piano, which, which is an upright, it just, it felt like it had the right character. I tend to take a, a pretty design oriented approach to my scores. This score, um, it's, it's interesting. Shelly and I have talked about this before. I think this score was pretty left of center 
for Shelley. And for me, it was probably the opposite. It, this, this to me feels like a much more traditional score. But yeah, I think piano, instruments that kind of can convey melody, but can also provide um, chordal and harmonic support seem to be kind of the sweet spot. So most of the instruments in the, in the soundtrack are, or in the score rather, are instruments that can kind of do both of those things. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of strings, there's a lot of piano, and there's a lot of harp. And then there's woven throughout, there's some synths and some elements that make things feel just a little <laughs> bit unfamiliar in certain situations. And all those instruments are capable of, of providing chordal backdrops, lead lines, but in this score, they kind of do a little bit of everything. It's a wonderful blend of, of voices and instrumentation, and it it must have felt a lot more like scoring a film or a cutscene, because there aren't too many moments where you know you're kind of like waiting for the player to do something. I mean, there are some puzzles to solve. There's a wonderful moment where Miriam is touching some jellyfish, and that becomes kind of interactive, and that that that's like a really neat moment. So. Thank you. Yeah, it did. It, the process was very much like scoring a film. I, we did a spotting session early on, played through the game and decided where music should go. And then after we'd figured out where music should go, and, and you kind of do these two things at the same time. This is my favorite, one of my favorite parts about this process is you have to figure out why it should go there. And in order to do that, you have to figure out its function for the player and the story. So to me, that is this, this extra dimension that makes scoring for games really unique because you are thinking about function all the time. And, and the moment you mentioned with the jellyfish, that was to deepen the interaction with the player, but it also is a really cool opportunity for music. So the way that I tend to approach those kinds of moments are I, I mock it up, I score it as if it's a, I score it as if it's composed that way. And then I figure out how to deconstruct it and make it so that however the player decides to proceed through that section, you know, it needs to make sense musically. Those are also really good opportunities to highlight the theme. I honestly can't remember. I think we did have it play the theme depending on, you know, you can, it, each, each jellyfish interaction is a different note of, of the, the, main, the song. main song. So, yeah. Yeah. I was playing with jellyfish for a long time because it was just so interesting <laughs> to to kind of experiment and see how how I could change the music and how everything blended and so that was that was a really neat moment and Thank Shelley you. I'm wondering you know you really left yourself kind of exposed with this really personal story of memories and so I'm wondering how that was that a challenge for you just putting putting your memories out there in the game it's definitely awkward like it's such a personal story and it shows a lot of like um my mom's struggle i'm very close to my mom so obviously i don't want to put her in the spotlight but i think 
there's a lot of gang existing in the world and a lot of them carry good information, important information. Then if I want to make something, what kind of information I want to tell, then the person loved me the most in this world is my mom. So I want to talk, I want to tell a story about her. And I think, I, I think most of people in this world will feel related to it because it was, it was such a um, simple message from the game. So yeah, I, I try to fight that awkwardness for myself when I do the story and stuff. Eric and Imogen, did you draw on any, you know, personal memories or, I don't know, dig deep into your, your, your memories or your um, emotions to come up with the, the lyrics for the songs? I mean, as, as soon as um, Eric told me what, you know, the subject matter was, it was kind of hard for me to not then, you know, relate it to my own experiences. Um, so I definitely, um, it's, you know, very similar. I'm so close with my mum. So it was a really, uh, it was nice to be able to draw from those experiences. And I think, I think also, like, I, you know, I won't speak for Eric, but I think, I was brought onto this project because as a as a woman I do have like a my relationship with my mum my is like similar to the relationship between um Miriam and her mum in, in the game just you know by that nature so I think I don't know I think that was also like maybe a, a um a reason for why I was brought on as well because I think I could provide that that uh perspective that maybe Eric couldn't um but I'm sure you know I'm sure Eric also like drew on a lot of experiences from himself, but I definitely know that, that was a huge thing for me was, um, yeah, had my mum very present in my mind the whole time, which was very nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Eric, what, what, what about you? What kind of memories did you sift through or um, use for the songs? Well, uh, for one, uh, Imogen is absolutely right. We, you know, when Joel and I first started talking and knowing a little bit about the themes of the game I just knew that we needed to have a female perspective to really capture this these emotions correctly and you know Imogen really did write a bulk of the material for the lyrics of these songs and I that was I feel like super necessary to really get something that connected as strongly with the with the theme of the game as as, as they did uh, personally um, I, you know I, I don't know if I drew I feel like what Shelley said, this is, this, these are universal ideas, you know, these are universal themes, the idea of a child and a parent and that relationship and the ebb and flow of it, how it can feel strained and the different ways in which we can remember the years past. Um, I feel like for when I was writing for the game and, and when I was working on these songs, I was actually thinking about uh, the, flip side of things. I was thinking about my children. I have two young children and just thinking about how their perspective on things that they have happened in their life are different, <laughs> different than my perspective, <laughs> simply because I, you know, as an adult, you see everything that's going on and kids are, sort of live in this surreal sort of in their own world and stuff. And th those were sort of the, the thoughts that I was uh, relying on a lot to try and uh, get into the th into the themes of the game as we are working on the songs. Well, it it just they blend together so nicely with the orchestral score. It's really seamless. And Joel, I'm wondering what what aspects made this a really artistically satisfying project for you to work on. I mean, I'll echo what Eric said about kind of approaching this with the sensibilities of a parent. 
I think I, I really resonated with the subject material, um, for a lot of reasons, but I think there's, there's just, there's a bond, you know, that I feel with my kids. And I, so I think in a lot of ways that I was, I was sort of trying to communicate that bond from Miriam's mother's perspective mm. in a lot of ways. I think probably if I had to pick a standpoint from, for me scoring most of these cues, it was probably actually sort of from, from the mom's perspective. Um, wow. So, yeah. And, you know, and every, every scene, of course, has kind of, there are, there are different opportunities. But yeah, that, I think that part of it really resonated with me. And I think I love collaborations when, where, and, and this was the reason why I, I wanted to bring in a, a different voice for the songs. I, I love collaborations when, you know, where you hire the perfect person for the project and then just let them do their mm -hmm. thing. And that was absolutely what happened here. We started by just, I, I shared material with, with Eric, just about the kind of very similar to when we were spotting for the cues, it was, all right, we need, Shelly told me we needed three songs. Um, and we, we knew kind of where they would go and, and what they were doing. And that's what we had to, you know, kind of where we started. And, and I think in some ways, knowing just about the context of those helped that kind of oblique connection between the lyrics and the subject material more than if we'd been scoring to gameplay footage because it really let the player be in that position to interpret the lyrics and and kind of unify them with with the subject material. Well, it's got to be tricky cuz you you know music is emotional and yet you don't want to go overboard and kind of tell the exactly. player what they should be feeling as they're experiencing the game. You can't. It's too there's I think that's to me the that's where the the boundaries always are. You can't you do not want to handhold the player. You want to trust the player and and sort of give them opportunities to make those connections without shoving, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, well, it's like, you know, in some games, you know an enemy's right around the corner because the music changes and you've kind of diffused that element of surprise if, if yeah. you put the music there and 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 yeah this is such a personal experience for everybody who plays it of course you know the music can't be like hovering around your shoulder did you notice this or did you feel that so yeah <laughs> Shelly I'm wondering if this has given you um kind of the incentive to make another game or <laughs> is this going to be it for a uh, while I do enjoy making MMOR Blue um it's definitely a weird game like a lot of critics say it's a weird game uh it brings this unique experience to players uh i have been watching players streaming for a while like in all languages japanese english um mandarin and stuff and everybody came out with their own idea how to inter in, uh, interpret the story and the reason behind the character some of them focus on the on miri and some of them focusing on mom's mindset so it was it was just incredible experience seeing what everybody's doing with this game using their imagination. So and, and of course, each chapter of MMOR Blue explore different kind of method of storytelling. I'm definitely looking forward to make something that even like goes the direction of a uniqueness 
and another heartfelt story for um, different kinds of music. Eric and um, Imogen, I'm wondering, I mean, you, you've you created such a, a personal collection of songs here, and I'm wondering, were you sort of sad when the project was over and just kind of launched the songs and, and then that was that? Uh, I mean, personally, I, so... I was just sort of elated that we got the opportunity to write together like this because uh, we we had worked previously on a project where we weren't writing together, but it was sort of connected to the same uh, album. And, it, you know, my experience with that was definitely one of the reasons where I was like, oh, Imogen's going to be perfect for this. And I would love the opportunity just to collaborate, you know, have a deeper collaboration. Right. And um I think that for me, for, you know, at least I can speak for myself when we ended these songs, I knew in the back of my mind, I was like, ah, it's not going to be the last time we do this. <laughs> I feel like there's <laughs> going to be more uh, in the future. And I, I, I certainly hope that Imogen feels the same way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That was definitely my mindset too. It was like a really amazing introduction to be writing together. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't really feel like it was the end. Merely the beginning. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, congratulations to all of you, Joel and Eric and Shelley and Imogen. It's just such a phenomenal, such a phenomenal experience. And I'm really grateful to all of you for taking the time to, to talk about it a little bit. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this was great.